it wasn't until I started practicing and I was realizing that so many ladies were coming to see me because they wanted to get pregnant, but more so that so many of them were getting pregnant who weren't even trying. And we were like, what the heck, why is this happening so much? Because I was addressing their own body's physiology to work the way that it's designed to work. And wow, fancy that, that when your body works the way it's supposed to, it's fertile. <laughs> Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Did you know that every woman is born with a million eggs? By puberty, the number of eggs have decreased to 300,000, and this number will continue to decline over time. But surprisingly, you are still rocking a good number of eggs at 40 and beyond, and especially in your 30s. So if you're 40 like me, or over 40, and worried that you might have started trying to conceive a little too late, you will be pleased to hear in 2015, the fertility weight for women age 40 and over rose above the rate of women aged under 20 for the first time in nearly 70 years. Can I get a yes, yes? If you have been told that after 35, there are causes for concern when it comes to fertility, I want you to know that it's all about focusing on egg quality and happy hormones. And guess what? I have got you covered today. And before we dive into this interview with one of my besties, Dr. Lowe, who is a rocking fertility doctor with 99% success rate in getting women pregnant, I want to quickly speak to the importance of fertility for each of us during childbearing years. Did you know that our fertility is one of the most important gauges in our overall health, especially in our 30s and 40s? As you've heard me share on previous episodes, the health of our menstrual cycle and hormones are a key indicator of our overall health and vitality. Our menstrual cycle is literally a fifth vital sign for us as women, and suppressing our menstrual cycle is one of the most detrimental things that we can do for our health and most importantly for our fertility. Our menstrual cycle is not something that should be turned off or suppressed. Working with our natural cycle is how we create true healing inside of the body. Now, I am really excited for this interview with Dr. Lauren today because even within my friend group, most of my closest friends and colleagues have decided to wait to start a family and many of my friends are getting pregnant at 37, 39, 40 years old and beyond. And some of you know, my husband and I are trying to conceive at this time, like literally right now, and I'll be releasing an episode later on in the spring to update you on our journey to starting a family. And lastly, I have a lot of amazing listeners, maybe even you right this very second, who want to know how to ensure that they are healthy and fertile in case they do decide to start a family. Now, before I invite Dr. Lowe on, I have a special surprise for you today. As a way to set you up for success during and after this interview, I have the perfect cheat sheet for you that features my top five favorite hormone blends for overall hormone regulation, brain fog, PMS, fatigue, mood swings, calming that mental chatter, anxiety. I mean, I have got you covered inside and out. This is an easy and effective cheat sheet, and it's a great tool for supporting your hormones and fertility. So you can grab it by heading on over to the show notes for episode 164, or you can just go to drmarisa.com slash episode 164, and it'll be right there at the bottom where all the links are for this show. So now that you have access to this amazing resource, a resource that I use all the time, I want to take a moment and celebrate you. Every single day, I am blessed to hear from new listeners who are recommended by you. One such listener was Lori Howards. She reached out to me on Instagram, which by the way, so many of you do. So thank you so much for the Instagram love and shout outs. But here's what Lori had to say today. Dr. Marisa, you were so dead on in your episode on the liver. I finally figured out that I had estrogen dominance last year after my doctor just kept telling me it was menopause and trying to give me estrogen for my symptoms. 
but it just wasn't adding up and you are my first resource to turn to. I listened to your liver episode and bam, I knew that I was dealing with too much estrogen by not supporting my liver. I adopted the changes that you shared and my heavy bleeding slowed down a lot, my bloating is gone and my breast tenderness is almost completely gone. Plus, I know it's protecting me from estrogen-driven cancer, which runs in my family. I hope you can cover more of this on the show. Well, Lori, thank you so much for your epic discovery and win. I am so happy to shout you out today, and I am so glad that you're loving your liver, and I'm so glad that that you listened to your own intuition that said that something wasn't right. It's that intuition that we've got to connect into that really guides us on our path towards true healing. I love that you are loving up on your liver. I know I'm going to be loving up on my liver this month and next month. These are two big liver months for me. I will be, I'm hosting a big live group detox group where the liver is center stage. So I'm going to be doing it with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people very soon. So if you're listening, Lori, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my EO Hormone Solution book with all kinds of Love Your Liver recommendations and a personal note from me. Just reach out to me on Facebook or definitely on Instagram where we connected at Dr. Marisa and I will send you that book ASAP. Now, if you are listening, number one, welcome to this show. This podcast is all about giving you the answers that you deserve about your health and if it's helped you in any way, I would be honored to shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or that gold standard, which is reviewing the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way, together, we are changing the way women think about their bodies and empowering them with the knowledge to become the CEO of their health. Let's jump on in to this amazing conversation with Dr. Lowe. But before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. Laura Noel, aka Dr. Lowe, is a licensed naturopathic doctor and an expert in natural medicine. Her areas of expertise include fertility, thyroid, hormone health, digestive disorders, and autoimmune conditions. She is a frequent lecturer on health radio shows, and she is the host of Dr. Lowe Radio, a top podcast on iTunes. It is amazing, and I've been so blessed to be on it myself. She is the owner of Shine Natural Medicine in Solano Beach, California, where she treats patients locally and all over the country. I am a patient at Shine Natural Medicine. I'm actually going to be there tomorrow, and I just love being under Dr. Lauren Noel's care. So let's bring on one of my dearest friends. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Laura Noel. How are you doing, honey? I'm good. What's up, girl? Good to oh, be Lauren, here. I can't <laughs> believe you have not been on the show yet. I am I know. just talking about that. It's sad. What happened? You're one of my practitioners, for one, but you are one of my, when, I, when it comes to fertility, fertility questions, questions that friends of mine have, I, I send them to you. You are one of the, like, my go-to fertility experts in the nation. So I'm so excited Woo-hoo. to shine a bright light on you today because it's, this isn't my area of expertise. This is your area of expertise. I get a lot of questions and I just send them off, you know, headed to you. Well, so anything about oils, I just send them to you. So, so it's a symbiotic relationship. It really have. is. It is. We're talking about fertility after 30, because let's be honest, girl, a lot of women today are having children after 30, even into their 40s. And a lot of us want to know not only for potentially having babies and procreating, but also we under, I understand and I know just like you do that for just having good fertility is an indicator of great overall health. But I know often we want fertility because we are trying to get pregnant. So I'm really excited to talk about that. Now, before we get into fertility after 30, I want to have you just share a little bit about not only your expertise as being a fertility expert for some time, for a while now, but also you are a new mama. I and am. You, were, you had a baby after 30. I did. Yeah. Yes, did. I just turned 39 too. Yeah. So, you know, I never really planned on specializing in fertility. Matter of fact, in medical school, I kind of just like 
tuned out when it had anything to do with fertility or pregnancy or anything. Cause I, I didn't really think I would do that. I figured I would, you know, kind of work on menopausal or maybe, you know, girls dealing with bad periods, stuff like that. But it wasn't until I started practicing and I was realizing that so many ladies were coming to see me because they wanted to get pregnant, but more so that so many of them were getting pregnant who weren't even trying. And we were like, what the heck? Why is this happening so much? Because I was addressing their own body's physiology to work the way that it's designed to work. And wow, fancy that, that when your body works the way it's supposed to, it's fertile. (laughs) So it's like, it was the coolest thing. This was happening so much. Um, And so then a lot of my focus clinically started to shift in working with fertility patients, both with couples and for the women, obviously. So that was pretty cool. And I was myself personally, I was never one of those that knew I was born to be a mom. Like that wasn't me. I knew I was born to travel. You know, I knew I was born to to learn, to be a, a nerd. Like I always liked being in school, oddly. I loved being in school. I loved being in medical school. Like I'm one of those, I'm I'm like chomping at the bit because I want to be a student somewhere. Like I want to enroll in something. <laughs> like I like doing that kind of stuff. But once I hit my probably mid thirties, I was like, okay, I need to get pregnant. <laughs> like I want to be a mom. So, um, you know, my boyfriend and I, we were not planning on getting pregnant, but it happened. And what's cool is that for myself and also my friend Elizabeth, I was telling you about before we started recording, that's my nutritionist. She is who worked with me on our fertility course called golden eggs. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but both Elizabeth and I both got pregnant while making this course, (laughs) because we just did all the things that we were researching about, you know, we're like, well, we know we want to get pregnant at some point in our life. So we might as well just do the things that helps with fertility. Well, we both freaking got pregnant making the course, which is hilarious. I love it because it's such a testament to how amazing the course is, but also a testament to, you know, how you can really act as if and gear your body up for getting pregnant for conception. And it's what you both did. I know that she was excited to get pregnant and I knew that you just wanted, you were trying to get the body ready and man, was it, it was so ready for that. I remember you came to my birthday party and told me. We both had issues that were very clear reasons that we probably shouldn't expect to get pregnant. For myself, i had had a history of hypothyroidism and PCOS. And for Elizabeth, she actually had tried to get pregnant naturally and was told from a fertility clinic that she should not even try IVF because she probably won't get pregnant. She was diagnosed with premature menopause at 28 years old. You know, so both of us were not like fertility candidates <laughs> and we both got pregnant naturally. So, I mean, yeah, of course it could be a coincidence. Do I think it is? No, I think it's just the power of natural medicine and, and really just the power of our own bodies. All of us are, are designed to be healthy and designed to be fertile. And yeah, there can be little genetic things that can happen, but most cases, and, and there's even, you know, research showing this, that many times actually was over 50% 50 of the time when women get IVF, they they actually could have conceived naturally. It's just that the root cause of their quote unquote infertility was never found. Hmm. I absolutely believe that. And I also do believe that it should be a cornerstone of everything that we want, even if we're not trying to get pregnant, having high levels of fertility really demonstrates it's, it's an indicator of how healthy we are just like our menstrual cycle is quite an indicator of how healthy we are. And so we should always, we shouldn't be trying to turn that off. Even if we're not trying to get pregnant, we always want to be fertile because again, it, it really demonstrates how healthy our bodies truly are. Like if we're healthy enough to get pregnant, that's a good place for us to be. Right. Exactly. You know, when I, as you're talking, I'm thinking like when it comes to fertility, there's probably like three like facets to it. One of them we can't really control, but, but two we can. So one would be like the number of eggs that we have. Two would be the health of the eggs. And then three would be the health of the soil. So like when I'm talking about the soil, I'm talking about like the uterus and the fallopian tubes and, you know, the health of, of the actual, you know, reproductive organs. And then, you know, like the first one I said that you can't obviously control the amount of eggs that you have. 
but the health of the eggs, so the, the second one you can control. You can that's where I really like to focus on is is two and three is the health of the eggs and also the health of the soil. That's where natural medicine really does well. And that's where, you know, reproductive clinics don't do anything for that, like at all. They don't do anything for either of those. I mean, for the most part. And it's so sad. And that's where I'm like, okay, this is really where I can make a big difference. That's where my fertility course is based on is it's called golden eggs. I mean, the whole point is the health of the eggs or the health of the sperm, which I call golden swimmers because it sounds better than golden sperm. But <laughs> actually I think golden, golden sperm sounds swimmers. kind of fun. But, I know. like golden swimmers a lot. Golden swimmers is so cute. But you know, there's this golden window, like about a three to four month period for men and for women where what they do or don't do significantly affects the health of the egg and the health of the sperm that's going to be used for that particular, you know, hopefully that conception. conception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when they, when they meet up, let's talk they a little bit about that. Yes. And hang out for life. <laughs> and hang out for life. Exactly. <laughs> Real quick, before we get into what, what we can do to boost fertility, especially for women, I know we, we, we're talking about men as well. Like, cause I know it takes two to tango, right? The, the fact that we keep putting the burden on the women you know, because clearly we are the we are the fertilizer doesn't mean that the that sperm the golden the golden swimmers aren't playing a role here and i would love to talk a little bit about that but before we do that real quick this you know there's a common misconception there's so much confusion around this and that the question is is how long is a woman really fertile because you know we're told after the age of 35, now it's high risk pregnancy, or it's, you know, we are geriatric pregnancy. Just a that. lot of yucky, like drop kick in the face. Exactly. Whoever's saying that. And, you know, when I was doing so much research around even this episode and, and just for women over the years, like every article on the interwebs is, you know, you're talking about a really old pregnancy after 35 and then the high risk of miscarriage and just negative, 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 negative. And I just really want you to kind of clear the air on this and what's actually possible. Right. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is that if you flip the stats, there's actually a higher chance that it's going to work out than it not working out. It's just that when you do get over 30 and especially over 35 and especially over 40, you know, the chances of not getting pregnant and the chances of having a miscarriage, you know, those do, those do go up, they do change. So yeah, but also the chances of getting pregnant and having your baby still is higher than it not happening. That's the thing. Like you still have a high chance of getting pregnant and staying pregnant. So, I mean, when it comes to really where I tend to dance is in the arena of what I was saying is the health of the eggs and the health of the, of the soil. So that's where you can, you can really make a massive difference for a woman, you know, how that, how that goes. And really like, I'm sure we'll talk about egg freezing at some point and all of that, but you know, the, really the biggest difference you can make is, is in that area is the health, health of the eggs and then the health of the soil and really focusing on optimizing hormones. Like for what I, like for a woman who's over 35, as soon as she gets pregnant, I just put her on progesterone right away. You know, there's just things like little, little tricks you can do just to help kind of support a woman if she's a little bit older. So I just really try to kind of dispel the anxiety and like the, the doom and gloom that, oh my God, I'm this age. So I'm like cursed in the fertility department. And that's just not, that's just not, not how true it goes. at all. I mean, I cannot tell you how many friends of ours, I mean, I will, well, let's, most of my friends have had children over the age of 35. So a lot of my friends are practitioners, they've created careers, they've had these big visions, like it's just a very different way of looking at things. So for me, I've only always been surrounded by women who are, who are older and who've gotten pregnant. So that's just the world I know. And so for me, it's always been normality. I'm like, oh yeah, like I can, I can name 25 different women who have been between the ages of, of 35 and 43 who've gotten pregnant in the last five right. or six years. Yeah. <laughs> right, Exactly. So, <laughs> You know, Let's talk about those eggs, girl. Let's talk about, okay, so the number one, we know that we all have a certain amount of eggs and, and there's not a lot that we can do necessarily about that, at least right at the moment that we know about. But how do we take care of, boost, create beautiful, healthy golden eggs um, <laughs> with the eggs that we got? It's a really good question. Yeah. So the amount of eggs we have is kind of what we have, whereas men can make sperm 
as women, we have the eggs and that's what we got. So when we're born, we have about a million eggs per ovary at birth. And then that, you know, drops as we get older and as about 13 years old, we have about 300,000. And then um, by the time we're about my age, I'm about, you know, 39, we have about 25,000 at that point. And then at menopause, there's about a thousand per ovary. So, you know, there's still a lot in there. That's the thing. Like, it's like, yeah, if you compare a million at birth, not very many, but there's still a lot of eggs left. And it's really about the quality of the eggs. So right now, there's not a direct test to check egg quality. Not like there is checking sperm quality. Obviously, ain't that's really that, easy. <laughs> ain't that something? Because I'm pretty sure. Let me just let me just make sure this is correct, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure we're the ones bringing life into this earth. Is that <laughs> <Right>. correct? <laughs> it's true. Just checking. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's really just you know, kind of like watch and wait what the eggs do, and that sort of tells you if they're good quality or not. But I mean, I really feel like. The way that I check for egg quality indirectly is by doing thorough testing of the rest of the body, you know, looking and seeing, do you have any deficiencies? Because the bodies, the the eggs are connected to your body. They're in your body, you know? So if you have a lot, if you eat a lot of inflammatory fats, chances are that the, you know, the liquid that the eggs are suspended in will have inflammatory fats in there. I mean, it's directly connected. It's crazy. So You know, so I like for me, the way that I like to check for the egg quality is doing tests, looking at omega-3 levels. I like to look at deficiencies. I like to look at inflammation levels, checking to see if there's things like that happening, because that is going to tell me about the health of the eggs. That makes so much sense. And so let's say I am thinking about getting pregnant. And let's say I'm thinking about, you know, three, three months from now, we want to start trying, or let's just say, I know that at 35 or older, at any age, really, we're just being exposed to a lot of toxins, we're being exposed to a lot of crap. And I just want to give my body a little bit of time to gear up for conception. Let's say I'm being very mindful. And I think today, so often, many of us are planning for it. Not always. I mean, I know that sometimes it just happens, especially when you're building courses where you teach people how how to get pregnant. It can happen. So what should I be looking at? Should I be increasing my water intake, my probiotics? Should I be bumping up my omega? Should I be taking a prenatal at that point? That's a good question. So I'm thinking like, so there's sort of different tiers that you guys could go about it if you wanted to, you know, to really like do this. If you were strongly thinking, I want to get pregnant in like three months. So regardless of which way you want to go about doing it, I would highly encourage you that if you want to get pregnant in about three months, that you that you strongly try not to get pregnant during this process because you're preparing your body for it. So like give yourself that window. That said, if you got pregnant, it's not the end of the world, obviously, but really try to give yourself a bit of a window. So I'd say like the tier one would be sort of like basics, like do it real, real basic. And that's like removing the things that are causing inflammation. So removing sugar, you want to remove alcohol and you want to remove stimulants like coffee and you absolutely want to, want to remove smoking, both cannabis and also whatever, the other one. The other one, cigarettes. Cigarettes. The nasty you. one. Yeah, <laughs> tobacco. <laughs> so I was thinking. Um, so removing those things. Eggs and then, don't like tobacco, I guess, I'm assuming. Yeah, like tobacco, <laughs> so I was thinking. So yeah, removing those those things, and then you want to add in the good stuff. So eat organically. And there is research showing that it does significantly change the health of the eggs and also the health of the sperm within just like three months if, if you eat organic. So that would be sort of tier one. That's like basic. If you just want to like do the basics, do that and that will make a difference. And do it for a solid three months, like minimum. I would say tier two would be if you wanted to do that. So that's like you still do those things. And then I would say do like get the golden eggs course. That's where you can do it from anywhere. You can learn a lot, a lot of more kind of how to step up the fertility. What are some basic supplements you can do from home, stuff like that. And I'll go over some of those. So in case you guys don't want to do the course, but I feel like that would really help. And that's for women and for couples. And I'd say the next level up would be doing those things, but then actually being a patient where you can get labs done. You can get your hormones checked. You can get deficiencies checked, your thyroid and like really kind of get the hand holding through it. And I feel like that, I, I, I mean, I just feel like that's the way to do it because then you are very like targeted with what you, your body needs. 
that for sure helps the, the, um, how quick I think that you can get pregnant because, you know, when you have all the different deficiencies addressed, your body's working the way that it's supposed to fertility just happens as a byproduct. You know, it happens faster. The, the miscarriage rate would be lower. You know, you'd bounce back easier because you, you're going to have deficiencies addressed through your pregnancy. So that would be kind of a way to like do it ninja style, but, but, you know, at the very least do the basics for sure. I mean, everyone could probably use that every few months doing a, a, sort of a detox like that. But, you know, in terms of what we know that can boost fertility in, in the research, like what we know that can help with egg quality, you know, CoQ10, that's something that both men and women can do between 100 and 300 milligrams. And that is one that I have in my fertility course. There's also um, omega-3s. Absolutely. So taking a good fish oil, this is something I love testing for people to actually see, do you have enough? Do you need more? But most people need about 3,000 3, milligrams of total omega-3s. So, so those things we know definitely can. Um, NAC, so it stands for N-acetylcysteine, so both for um, men and for women, can help improve egg and sperm quality. Um, royal jelly actually has been shown in, in the research to help with that as well. So royal jelly is something, you know, hopefully you can get it from a local source, probably if it like a smoothie or... And I know it can also help with libido as well. So um, Vitex, so also known as chase tree. Vitex is a plant that can help with ovulation. It also can be um, helpful for people who have a, a low LH, which is a hormone that we can test for. So those are some of the basics. Definitely vitamin D, folic acid or folate. Those, those are be some basics for sure. Um, sleep. Sleep is like in terms of lifestyle-wise, decreasing stress and increasing your sleep. By far, if there's one thing to take from this whole episode, it's probably that is decreasing your stress and increasing your sleep, like truly, because for so many of us women, we're just, we're just depleted. We're walking around with our little batteries on E. All we need is a little, a little boost (laughs) this whole time. All we needed was a boost. So Sometimes it feels does. like a big boost. Right? Right? We, we always a big <laughs> boost. <laughs> and definitely, I mean, you think about stress and how it completely messes up our circadian rhythms, but we're not doing ourselves any favor by staying up later, by being in our phones. You know, none of those things are helping us. And it completely throws our rhythm, you know, because we're cyclical. We we are cyclical every day, we're cyclical monthly, we're cyclical multiple times in our lifetime. I mean, women in particular, we've got to just be so mindful about how we, our bodies run on our, on our biological and our circadian clocks. It's really true. It so is. And I feel like for any, any woman listening who wants to get pregnant, you have to learn how to be comfortable with pressing the no button. Cause when you press no to stuff, you're saying yes to your body, just like melting and relaxing. And all of that is needed for your fertility. So, you know, I have, I have a near 100% success rate. The the one patient that, you know, didn't end up getting pregnant, she's just this really really busy lawyer and just wasn't cutting the hours down, you know, and just working like crazy and she never did get pregnant. And I just wonder sometimes like how much of that could have been different if she just had relaxed more. You know, and then women go on a vacation and it's like they get pregnant because <laughs> they're just they're chilling out and they're not even trying at that point, right? <laughs> it's so true. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, if we're going to make space for the energy to make a baby, which is such an energetic process, your body has to know it's okay. You got to give your body permission to say, all right, we're good to go. For but sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you're so busy that you are just burning the candle at both ends, perhaps the best way your body can protect you is by not getting pregnant, right? I mean, you get pregnant and it's like all of it falls apart because your body is barely holding on right now. So it's just, I I feel like the body's really smart and it's going to protect itself. And if you're not in a place to get pregnant, it's it's not going to, it's going to protect you by not actually getting pregnant. You know, it's funny too. It's like, you're looking at the research exercise, for example, it's actually better to under-exercise a little bit than to over-exercise when it comes to fertility. It's better to be a little bit overweight than underweight. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like it's better to be a little bit, you know, kind of kind of on the curvy, curvier side and a little bit lazy than, than too thin and too like go, go, go. 
So absolutely. Well, with, with exercise is thinking of CrossFit, are you thinking about intense, tense exercise where people end up getting like they, they lose ovulation or the ability to ovulate it again, it's because it's a, it, exercise. I love exercise and, and I know you do too. And I've been exercising my whole life, but it's a stressor. And the reason why it's a benefit is it's a stressor on the system in a good way. But if you overdo it, absolutely, you're going to find yourself in a situation with the inability to ovulate, like you may lose that. And then it's just survival. You know, a lot of other species on the planet as well, when they're in survival mode, it's not a safe space to make a baby and your body kind of makes that decision. I mean, there's, there's an intelligence that we really have to honor and we really do have to honor the, if, if, if indeed we're really choosing into getting pregnant and choosing into fertility, it's really, it's, it's just about honoring our bodies overall. That's what it comes down to, whether you want to get pregnant or not. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The body is doing what it's supposed to. Um, we just got to give it what it needs and support it. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the golden swimmers, because I have a feeling that guys can't eat hydrogenated French fries and smoke and drink martinis every night and expect that their golden swimmers are going to be swimming at peak capacity. Like you could have a lot of swimmers, but it doesn't mean they're moving anywhere. It's so wild how men have such a huge ability to affect the health of their sperm, like really quickly, actually. I mean, in just a couple of months, I mean, the health of the swimmers and how they actually swim, how fast, how, you know, which direction they go, basically how smart they are. You can yeah. determine that by your <laughs> we lifestyle. We want smart swimmers. We do not want duds. Right. We don't want some duds. <laughs> we don't want duds getting to the egg. <laughs> it's like, I always laugh when I think of this. It's like the Homer Simpson sperm. If you like Google <laughs> oh Homer gosh. Simpson sperm, you'll see it's like so his big Homer Simpson head with the tail on it. <laughs> And there's we don't want those sperm. There's this, there yeah. are some crazy sperm out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're cranking that much, those, that many golden swimmers at any given time. There's about, there's destined to be mishaps, it's but true. we know that toxins have a, a huge impact on, on the quality of sperm as well. Equally such. Yep. Absolutely. As well as uh, infrared exposures, um, you know, temperatures, if men are, are in the sauna or if they're, you know, just in hot environments or their cell phones in their pockets, all those things have been found to significantly um, decrease sperm count. Mm-hmm. So men should act as if too. So basically men don't get, a, don't get a pass. If I'm acting as if, Alex has got to act as if too. Yeah. Like we, well, we both got to be on the same page. shows 30 to 50% of the time when there's an issue with fertility happening, it's due to the male factors. So at least 30% of the time and up to half the time, it's due to the male factors. That's a lot. So yeah, I really want you know people to know that because it's just so common where women beat themselves up like they're the, the problem. And, and a lot of times it's the guy. And a lot of times it's something that can be easily fixed. So, you know, so for men, a lot of really, you know, it's common where the same nutrients that work for the health of the eggs also work for the health of the sperm. So like CoQ10, I talked about NAC, omega-3s, you know, so just a lot of the antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin A, those are nutrients that when they're depleted, then free radicals can run rampant, you know, and free radicals can really target those tissues for men and for women. So that's just a common theme. It's like, you don't have to like memorize every single one. If you just know like what happens to those areas, then you can have a general idea of what kind of nutrients would help, you know? So if it's an area that's really affected by free radicals, then chances are the antioxidants are going to be very protective. And it turns out that is the case for the, for the reproductive areas too. Mm, That makes so much sense. So guys definitely be just as mindful as women especially during getting ready. If you guys are both trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. especially the organic diets. I know that there's actual studies that showed that, that men who ate organically significantly cleaned up their sperm. It's just so cool. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Exactly. Definitely huge fan of nutrient dense, organic foods, not just for our, the health of our fertility, but overall everything. It's a good direction to go for all of us. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, and it's like, it's so cool because you do, you make these changes to help improve sperm health or egg health, but 
the side effect is you feel better, you have better energy, you know, your focus, like less pain, you know, you sleep better, all this stuff, because you're, what you're doing is you're decreasing inflammation, you're increasing antioxidants, increasing nutrients of the body. You know, it's just, it's like, it's like, it's like an all or nothing thing, you know, it's your whole body or it's not. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it's a win-win too. Like you're taking care of yourself. Like you said at the very, very beginning that it's amazing if you are just taking care of yourself and you're looking at whatever root cause may be driving something and you're able to address that out the gate, no surprise at all that the side effect of that is that you've become very fertile and that you're able to get pregnant. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that you're more likely to stay pregnant too. That's that's the other thing. It's like, it's not just get pregnant at all costs because the health of the embryo can determine, you know, like the chances of you keeping it. So, I mean, one thing I remember learning that was pretty wild is that when a man, when his sperm has like chromosomal problems that can come from certain deficiencies or certain toxins that he's been exposed to, and and that impregnates a woman, that actually can increase the chance of her having a miscarriage. Isn't it crazy that a woman can have a miscarriage, have a higher risk based on the health of the sperm? It's like, you just, I don't know. It's like when I learned that you just think that once, once she's pregnant, it's kind of hers at that point and nothing is affects, you know, is affected by the guy, but it's not the case. Turns mm-hmm. out. Well, I mean, and you think about so often we don't necessarily always say no, we don't necessarily always know what the reason is for a miscarriage. And when you ask your doctor, they're just they're like, Well, it was probably chromosomal issues, it was probably genetic issues. Right. Like, so yeah. <laughs> and and absolutely it could have come from either the egg or the sperm or, or the, you know, maybe that community, you know, they have to come together and then start doing their thing. There could have been a, a miscommunication at that point. So I, I guess I'm not super surprised that again it takes two to tango. We're hoping that both male and female are bringing in the best genes to create that baby. So that makes so much sense. You did mention, you know, and it's one thing to get pregnant, which is amazing. Um, but we, you know, you and I, we were speaking about this before we started, and I knew we weren't really going to go down this direction. But we, you and I, both know that women absolutely have miscarriages, and. Sometimes there's nothing we can do about it. I know sometimes there are just things we can always do to kind of help to bolster. Those first three months can feel like such a nail-biting time because that's usually so often if if indeed a miscarriage happens, it happens during that, that period. And goodness knows I've had so many friends who've had multiple miscarriages or at least one miscarriage and just were just praying through that entire three months that everything was good to go. And, you know, maintaining a pregnancy is its own beautiful process. And one of the things you mentioned is we know how important progesterone is in that first trimester as well. Any other little techniques or strategies? I mean, clearly there's foods that we want to be mindful of. We want to make sure that we're continuing to get rest. Definitely, you know, focus on that self-care, such a big part of it. Maybe depending on what what age you're at, a little bit of natural progesterone cannot hurt because you're needing so much of it at that time. Anything else I'm missing, you know, once, once we get the news that we should be doing really just progesterone and rest. I think if you can just rest as much as you can and just not stress, rest, not stress and get that progesterone in check. I think those are the three things that really help to kind of be that glue in the first trimester. But most of the time, if you're going to have a a miscarriage, it's just because genetically it wasn't a match. And, you know, almost always that's going to be the case. It's really nothing that you could have done. That's why I feel like if you do have a miscarriage, even if you use the the progesterone, it was then not a hormone thing. But, you know, progesterone naturally goes down in the mid-30s. So that's the only reason that for a woman that's mid-30s or beyond, I usually just have her go on it anyway, you know, just for the first trimester and then she can stop. Absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, and I just had an episode, I'll be having more episodes, just understanding, you know, around 35 or so ish. And I mean, goodness knows there's a lot of reasons why women have low progesterone issues. I've had low progesterone concerns for all a bunch of different reasons, you know, low progesterone because of this, low progesterone because of this. And so, and then naturally, very few of us understand that actually it's just a natural progress that we're going to start a decline of progesterone before other hormones. It is true though, but stress is the biggest depleter for sure. And I feel like, you know, women who have a lot of stress in their twenties and early thirties, like me, for example, um, or any doctor (laughs) for that matter, um, they tend to have more so of a deficiency 
So the less stress, the more progesterone, more progesterone you, you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't steal it. You don't. That's so true. You don't steal it. Now, I want to just shift the conversation. I know today we're talking a lot about how to maintain these beautiful, healthy eggs and how to keep our bodies healthy and fertile through natural means. But there are exceptions where we we are in a situation where either we're not ovulating, maybe PCOS is so bad, and goodness knows, I know that there are beautiful solutions for PCOS, or just for some reason you were on birth control for 15 years and your period never came back. So when should we even think about or consider freezing our eggs? Yeah. Well, it's a really good question. I mean, taking the freezing the eggs topic off the table for a second, just in terms of like when you should look into some help, like if you've been trying and something isn't happening. So if you're under 35, that's when you hit hit about a year, you know, you've been trying then it's like, okay, then it's time to look into something that's kind of classically sort of infertility, um, you know, reproductive world. That's what's recommended. And if you're over 35, then, um, then that would go down to six months. So, but in my opinion, if, if you want to go down that fertility road, I think you should work with a naturopathic doctor like myself or fertility or a functional medicine doctor and do that right off the bat. Of course, not everyone does that, but I think that's how it should go. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, ideally that's that's what you're going to be doing. Now in terms of like freezing eggs, that's a whole other topic because people tend to think, well, you know, when it's time I'm just going to freeze my eggs and then I have this like insurance thing and I can just use them whenever I want and and unfortunately that's really not the case. You know, for one, the, the chance of getting the eggs to, you know, freeze properly and then to be able to thaw them and then transfer them properly and that and actually getting like you know, an embryo and be able to actually deliver the baby to birth, I mean, it's a lot lower on the chances than people think. So I remember reading some research. It was a study. It was a 2016 study in Spain. And they looked at, it was 137 women who had frozen eggs that had been thawed. And they each had at least 10 eggs that had been frozen. And the chances of them giving birth to, you know, a live birth was 29% only. It was only 29% of those ladies were able to have, able to give birth. So wouldn't you think it would be higher? Hmm. Right. I would think there's a lot, you know, I think what it is, is there's, I mean, there's already a lot of factors in trying to get pregnant. And I know sometimes we think you could just sneeze and get pregnant. Goodness knows what my grandma told me when I was a little girl, (laughs) you just sneeze Marisa and it's over. You're going to get pregnant. And it's, it's not how that works. You know, ovulation window is 24 hours anyone who's tried to get pregnant, you, you know, you know, your, your basal temperature, there's so much stuff that you're doing to, to, to look out for it. It's trying to plan that perfect moment. It's not as easy as just getting sneezed on. Uh, I wish that was the case. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, really the best thing you can do is, is start to understand when you do ovulate because every woman is different. Even if you have like a normal 28 day cycle, it doesn't mean you ovulate on day 14, every cycle. So knowing like the different clues that your body gives you of, of when you're ovulating is really helpful to know doing that. And, and then knowing, like I said, if you can work with someone like a naturopathic doctor and, and see what deficiencies you have and address that, I feel like that and keeping your toxin load as low as you can, like that, those things combined is the best thing that you can do for your fertility, hands down, you know? And, and also too, with that said, let's say you did want to freeze your eggs still do those things first because that's going to polish them up and clean them up before you freeze them. You want to freeze healthy eggs. So still do the prep work even before you freeze them or before you do IVF. Yes, absolutely. And I think what I was just meaning is that, you know, there's, there's just so many factors, even in getting pregnant naturally, you, you quadruple those factors, external factors that we don't think of or consider when you freeze eggs. With that said, I'm still grateful that we live in a time where that's a possibility versus even several decades ago where that wasn't even on the table. And so I'm so grateful that you that you kind of gave us both perspectives here, because um, we do know that infertility treatments can get very expensive. And that's the thing. I, yeah. That's that's why I brought it up. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I want people to know that you don't want to be like kind of a victim to medicine, like thinking like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, and it's actually not going to work out for you. I mean, it definitely could, but and then also too infertility, like doing IVF. I mean, that's like twenty grand to do a one round of IVF. So it's up there, you know, (laughs) it's up there. So, yeah. When I think in the the general conversation, or at least when I, what I wanted to really emphasize 
again, is this indication of a healthy body. We really just, I mean, ultimately Dr. Lauren and I just really want you to be healthy and being fertile for as long as possible means you are as healthy as you can be for as long as possible. It, it truly is the one of the best indicators of health for us as women. And, and I think we've come into a, a society and a world where, you know, we're really being pushed and marketed to, well, if you're not trying to get pregnant, well, let's just turn it all off. Let's just put you on hormonal birth control. And we don't, we, we, de we devalue the importance of the health of our menstrual cycle. We're devaluing how it's interconnected with the health of the rest of our body. And I want to just shift that conversation in a big way and tell you that being fertile is a big win at any given time, whether you're trying to get pregnant or not. Yeah, totally. Anything else you want to share? Like, I know we've covered the general gist of things. Is there anything that we're missing in this conversation today? Goodness knows it's such a big conversation. I really just want any woman listening who's over 30 and who is, maybe you're not actively trying to get pregnant, but you kind of feel your clock ticking. It's a really good time to do some of the groundwork you know, prepare your body for when that time comes, you know, it's like, if you build it, he will come, <laughs> right? It's like, so true. prepare your body for what it is that you want to create and health for yourself is just a natural side effect. So, and also too, for you who, who are listening, who have been trying to get pregnant, it's not happening. I want you to feel encouragement and I want you to feel peace because a lot of times it's something really simple. And even if you've seen a lot of different people, a lot of times it's still some, something really simple. I don't know if you know Jenna Kutcher. Do you know who the Jenna Kutcher is? I do. Mm -hmm. So she's a friend, but also a patient. And she had had two miscarriages and had seen all these different people and yada, yada, nothing was working. And I, and I tested her and she had a severe gluten allergy. And you know, when that, that's the thing is like, it may seem basic, but if you have a severe allergy to something you're eating like all the time, I mean, she would tout herself as the, you know, mac and cheese queen. <laughs> it's like, when you eat that food on a regular basis, it causes a lot of inflammation, a lot of irritation in your system, and you end up not absorbing the other nutrients you need. I remember your eggs are very sensitive to inflammation. So it does you know, significantly impair your fertility, even something as simple as that. So she removed it, finally got pregnant, was able to carry her baby to term and you know, and I'm sure I'll be getting a call pretty soon for baby number two. <laughs> but um, I just want anyone listening who may feel discouraged and feel like your body is quote unquote broken, just know that your body's not. And there's a reason you just got to kind of look into it and see what, what the reason could be. So yeah, I just want everyone to feel really encouraged and feel excited about their fertility. I want everyone to feel at peace about their fertility and just feel really empowered. Like they understand how their bodies work, you know, what can be done to help improve things and just getting, giving you a peace of mind because your bodies are amazing and they're miracles and they're, they're designed to be healthy and they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely know what they're doing. There's so much intelligence there, especially for us as women. I know that you have a beautiful freebie for us, which is, I believe it's the three ways to supercharge your fertility. Yes. This is a, 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 a webinar that I did with Elizabeth, my nutritionist, and that's um, I don't know if I said this while we were recording or before, but both Elizabeth and I both got pregnant while making this course. So the two of us are giving this um, webinar. So that's for free for you guys. And then I'm also extending a special deal to, to your listeners only. You can get 20% off the Golden Eggs Fertility Course. So that's a six-week fertility longevity program. So it's really geared towards teaching you how to boost your fertility now and also elongate it <laughs> as long as you can. You know, If you're one of those that you don't want to get pregnant right now, but you know, at some point soon you want to, this is like perfect for you. Or if you feel like, you know, maybe you want to prepare for baby number two, it's a great option for you too. So it's for women and for couples and it's six weeks. So it goes into fertility nutrition. There's fertility detox, what supplements I recommend. And I also go into, you know, if you do decide to get IVF, what are supportive things you can do for that, how to track your cycles, there's also a portion for the golden swimmers for the guys. So the discount, I think we said we'll do Dr. Marisa. So D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A at checkout and you can get your discount on that. So, oh, and then the website is goldeneggsfertility.com. 
Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I have all the goodies. And then they can also, where is the best place to find you to learn more about you too? Well, I'm to- on Insta. I never called it Insta before, but I, I called Insta all the time. I know. I think it's because you say it. <laughs> um, so I'm there, Dr. Lowe. So it's D-O-C-T-O-R underscore L-O. So I'm there. And then my, my practice, practice is uh, Shine Natural Medicine. So I'm there on Instagram um, on there as well. And then shinenaturalmedicine.com. And I work with patients here in San Diego and then all over the country, really, because my because of my podcast that I have, people from all over, you know, out of state, they'll hear me and then want to do appointments. So mm. I work with people that way too. Well, I'm in the office tomorrow. Woo-hoo! I'm super excited to be in the office tomorrow. You guys, she is just absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for being so generous, girl. Thank you so much of for course. generous thank your time. Thank you for having me. It's an absolutely. honor. I love your show. I was telling you this before we recorded. I love your show. I think you did an amazing job. So I love being a guest. I feel thanks, very special. Thanks, so Oh thanks my gosh. So blessed. See you soon. See you tomorrow. Okay. Bye, Ann. Whoa. So much to unpack in this interview with Dr. Lauren, but the most important thing to walk away with is hope and a deep knowing that you are fully supported by me and functional doctors who have a deep understanding that your body is ripe for healing miracles. Honoring your body with healing food, supplementation, deep restful sleep, and self-care rituals is always a win, no matter what the goal is. Whether you are looking for support with your hormones, you're looking for support around fertility, or you just want to experience more vibrant energy throughout the day. Now, if you want to dive deeper into the tools and resources that Dr. Lowe has for you when it comes to boosting fertility and creating those golden eggs, I will have the links for the program and her webinar in the show notes so that you can dive right in. I will also have my top five hormone blend cheat sheet available for you to grab super easy so you can start just loving up on yourself and loving up on those hormones naturally. I also want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. In the upcoming episode, I'm bringing on a dear friend, Samantha Gladish. She is going to be talking all things hormones with me. She has a wealth of information when it comes to balancing your hormones with delicious food. And you know that is my MO. I love talking about this topic. She and I are going to have such a good time. And we're going to bring on so many simple strategies for balancing your hormones. I know you're going to love it as much as I love talking to her. Well, until then, have an amazing day. Oh, 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 oh,